What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. I really wanted to uh, talk about the death of Sinead O'Connor today. Ooh. And it seems like a strange topic to use as a as sort of a lead into this podcast. But actually, I think it it really actually gets to the heart of uh, what I, I, I'd like to see happen in our conversations with this podcast uh, and just the topics that we want to explore in general. So let me explain that a little bit more. But, um, you know, she, uh, she grew up in a Catholic family, uh, and she alleges that she was abused as a child. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I know that you and I both like music mm. and... Um, We've both kind of followed her. I remember when she first became popular, and and I was, I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about her music because she she was like the first one to introduce that kind of new affect in the voice, you know, with the kind of cracker. I don't know. I always called it kind of a yodeling. She's, she's Irish, man. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. But she was she was definitely an interesting performer and. Very controversial and kind of a lot of shock value and and uh, all of that going on and I mean it's kind of weird it's like that was a long it was a while ago it was you know it's like what late eighties did or, you listen to her a lot I mean just on the radio yeah I mean you know I kind of you know you followed all of her popular songs and right. stuff and it and she caught my attention of course just because she was she was born and raised Catholic and she was always in this kind of it seems like this titanic struggle with her upbringing and her and her roots and yeah and i think as time went on different things about her life came out and and she you know and and it it it's just interesting and over the years she's she's uh she's sort of drawn a lot of attention she's been very controversial she's made a lot of statements you know always going for the the most shocking things i remember i remember specifically like i think i watched the actual saturday night live oh yeah episode. me too like when yeah. it was on when yeah she tore up the the picture of uh the pope and you know of course all of that was around the time of the i think the priest scandals broke and all of that but you know as as a person from ireland i think it's just an interesting kind of social reality to reflect on her and 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 sort of what gets conveyed or communicated about maybe what you might call the underside or the dark, the the underbelly of the Irish Catholic Church, and and which I think is in some ways um, representative of a lot of the problems that were going on and have gone on uh, across the Catholic world and in the West. And I, I want to qualify a couple things here. I don't I don't want to suggest that that the way she became as a person and the struggles that she had are to be blamed on Catholicism, per se. Sure. That's not what I'm saying. But the challenges that that I think arose in her life came about because a very strong Catholic culture was, was, was tied to um, both the home life that uh, allegedly was abusive. Um, who knows, you know, probably... She has shared maybe more of what what that's all about, what that was all about for her, but but I think more uh, broadly, a, a very quote unquote strong Catholic culture 
that I think in hindsight you could say was was uh, somewhat characteristic of the kind of legalism and the kind of authoritarianism that predated Vatican II. Mm. And I think after Vatican II, there was a, you know, things got very kind of loose and progressive and more and more people in different ways were coming out, you know, sort of against or rebelling against their faith. And so I think Sinead is, I mean, she's like sort of a lightning rod, rod in this respect. I can think of other musicians, and you probably can too, but but I think that the what what the reason I think it's an interesting discussion and I'll I'll kind of you know see what, what what your thoughts on are on this but it it to me it's like when when the faith which we cherish so much gets embedded within a culture that's dysfunctional and broken and wounded hmm. it it's 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 really not a good thing sure because you think of someone like her who has so much talent and and really became very influential in many ways you think, well, what would have happened if she had gotten the kind of formation, the kind of love, and and the sort of Christian upbringing that she should have had? Um, what you know, what could well, God her music have done? probably would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. Now, why do you say that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my uh, not to cut you off there, but. My experience of Sinead O'Connor growing up was, and I, I was probably, I don't know, I mean, when when was, like, Nothing Compares to You? I don't remember when that song was. 90? It, it was, yeah, it was, was, it, before it was in the 90s. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not sure if it was the early 90s. I, you know, to be honest with you, yeah. I've sort of forgotten, but. Yeah, I can't remember either. But I, the, so the only two things I remember about her is that song. Which, you know, was kind of a haunting song. Her voice her voice has that very... I mean, she's like the the lead singer from the Cranberries. She has that sort of Irish kind of... They, it's like everybody sings like that from there. And um, so that that was like a... It's like a haunting song. And then the... Uh, yeah, the appearance on Saturday Night Live. And I think my... like. I think I might have watched that with my parents. They, you know, my dad might have been up. I can't remember, but it was like when that happened. It it was like, you're not watching that, you know. Who, you know, it was like shut the door on anything, Sinead O'Connor. Plus, she seemed very, at that point, extremely angsty, you know, to me, and I just wasn't. It at that stage, I want to say I wasn't drawn to like angsty especially female performers. Um, I listen to Guns N' Roses and, and people like that, but, yeah, there's a lot of angst in that. But, like, it was like men, you know, like men were angsty. Women were supposed to be, like, for me, it was like I appreciated more, like, sweet-sounding kind of music. So, um, so unfortunately, I didn't get to listen to a lot of her stuff. Um, and then getting in, you know, like, the whole, the whole Catholic thing that you're talking about uh for me it's like yeah when you when you introduce any sort of dysfunction or brokenness and and then and then people are trying to maybe somehow um blanket that with catholicism like you know i don't apparently yeah her mom was the one that was like but her parents got divorced you know, there, there's a lot of crap going on in her life. So 
if there's any part of her that's raised to be like the Catholic faith is important, all the, you know, like her parents modeled it not being that important. And in fact, it brought a lot of pain. So like her association is probably like the Catholic church sucks because it's, I'm, I lived in a miserable existence. My parents got divorced when I was younger. Um, my mom abused me. My dad was never like never around to protect me in all, in all of that, in the context of, Oh, my parents are also Catholic. So it's like, it just sucks. It's yeah. A, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it more than sucks. It's, I, it, and I guess the reason why I've been thinking about this is because, you know, it, it seems like we're dealing with so much scandal. And that's, that's, it's scandalizing. It's scandalizing in the sense that, you know, here's a child comes into the world and uh, they're introduced to the faith, but, but the faith gets kind of gets embedded with all of this baggage. And, and it seems like it's not, it's not just one person. I'm not just pointing out, like, it's just Shane sure. O'Connor. It's like, right. it's epidemic across, right. across Western civilization. Um, and it, it's hard to to sort it out, and it's it, it's difficult and painful because a lot of people have a reaction, you know, a very rebellious reaction against Catholicism as being caricatured in a certain way, and that's not because those are true things to say about the faith or Christianity just in general, but it definitely says something about the cultural context in which that faith was embedded that was professing to be. Christian or Catholic, sure, even. right? Yeah. So it it just it just keeps you know it keeps happening. I mean, we before we started, we were looking at a list of the different artists, you know, and and some of those people we should name some of those people that came up. Who, who are some of the names? I mean, obviously Madonna came to my mind. Yeah, Madonna, um, Lady Gaga, I like, believe, grew up yeah. Catholic. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, it, I think Alanis Morissette actually grew up Catholic, yeah. also. Yeah. She was pretty angsty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 it, it's a common theme, you know. And I and I, uh, um, you know, there's a lot to sort of unpack to figure out, like, you know, something didn't go right. And again, I don't blame that on the faith, but but it it it's important because when you're growing up in the context of the faith, to have the right formation, to have the right environment, so that. Um, you 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 come to adulthood with a proper understanding of the faith is is really critical and whatever is represented in a kind of public sense with her is i think can be the story of many people you know and uh and and so you know and i know that as we as we're doing the things that you know the ministry and stuff that we're doing we we come across you know quite a number of people who oh, yeah. who ha- suffered a lot of wounds Sort of in the context of how they grew up in the faith within their immediate family setting. Sometimes it's a school environment too, yeah. and uh, you know, and it and it's it it's just something that it it saddens me on the one hand, you know, to see this happen. But but then there's also I I think among celebrities there's people who 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 um, kind of rediscovered their faith as adults. I think of Mark Wahlberg, for example. And uh, and there you have a situation where a person's life became a mess and a wreck, and they really found you know some they found the faith a refuge for them, and a and a real place of transformation. Um, so I don't know. So I just think why it's does that? I mean, yeah. So why would why would somebody like? Sh- I mean, okay. If I were to do a real quick uh, my understanding of Sinead O'Connor. 
is grew up in a family where her mom was abusive, right? So, like, you know, mer- things like mercy and love are probably, you know, at least unconditional, a super conditional love existed there. So those are two distortions of anything that that a, a, a Christian Catholic person should be living. Um, total unfaithfulness, you know, like her parents got divorced, so there was no model of perseverance and faithfulness in her parents' relationship. Um, it seems like she... Sinead, or maybe even her mom, had some type of mental illness that's layered on top of that. Um, she had an abortion at a young age, you know, and uh, so there's wounds and scars from that. It's like uh, it, it's like this for me, kind of this catch twenty two of like your your modeled garbage, right? You're not really modeled what the what the what living the faith should be should be like, you know, and we all do it so imperfectly, but like there probably wasn't even that like glimmer where she was able to be like, oh yeah, but there's that one piece, you know, it sounds like that. Like it was, it was pretty bad. Um, and so she's growing up. She doesn't have this foundation, any kind of decent foundation. And then she so then she has this distorted version of it and she she chooses different things like uh yeah choosing uh to she's divorced four times in her life like married three times i forget what it is but it's like when you don't it's this yeah it's a never ending cycle when you don't have that foundation then your choices are always coming from a place of like yeah, disorderedness or dysfunction. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what you do or like what you do for somebody like that. Like in how, why did a Mark Wahlberg find his way back? Or why did somebody like Alanis Morissette, who also had a lot of kind of angst about growing up Catholic and she's, you know, lately she's found a lot of peace. I don't know what her, where her peace comes from or what it's like, but but she she has a lot. If you listen to interviews with her, she has come to a very deep place of self-awareness and an understanding of where her brokenness lies, why she operates the way she does. She has a lot of mercy on herself, you know, on, a, on other people, on her circumstances. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it just sounds like Sinead O'Connor was dealt a, an exceptionally crappy hand you know and yeah yeah i mean i i uh i can't disagree with that i mean it's clear that she she was a you know call it a tormented soul always in writhing in this agony and always searching i mean she kept changing her i you know her sort of ideologies if you will at one point i think she became this quote-unquote priest in this breakaway uh, Catholic group in Ireland, which just in and of itself is odd, you know. And then and then she becomes, uh, what, Muslim in, I think it was 2018 or 2017, yeah. which she had fought so hard for feminism. Um, and so, like, that's, like, that's perplexing. I can't, I can't, I'd have to dig into that more to try to yeah. figure out what the logical right. progression is. 
But I think the other thing that I think is interesting with with her and her songwriting, particularly, is that she's 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 clearly wrestling with spiritual themes. She's she got something from her childhood that got a hold of her, and she. I, and I find this with other musicians, whether whether they're, you know, like Madonna, sometimes she'll pick up religious motifs and then she'll kind of make a mockery of them. But it's like, why even bother? I, I, if it's so insignificant and unimportant to you, why don't you just sing songs about other things? Like you're fighting a battle and you can't, you're not winning that battle because you can't let it go and move on with your life. There's something got into you. Um, and I would say whatever got into you was good. But 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 because it was associated with and it got mixed up with something that, you know, something formative in their younger years that wasn't good, it, it, it comes out in these very, um, you know, these very rebellious and sort of shocking ways, you know, always attention-seeking, uh, you know. And, and I'm no, I, don't, I don't think either of us, want to be judgmental. I, I think the point is is that there's a certain there's a there's a sadness in me and a sorrow yeah. seeing a person like that sure. because when you reflect on the beauty of the faith I, I want to say to myself that just shouldn't happen. Like if you grow up in a faith-filled home like a home that that you know people are attending mass and, and you know you should grow up into adult, and and that experience should help you become whole. Right. And when it doesn't, it's I think it's particularly scandalous. Not just to the individual, but when an individual becomes a public figure like that, it sure. becomes scandalous. People lose sight of the value of the faith in that in that kind of situation. Yeah, because it just gets distorted and mixed up with all of that brokenness and that woundedness. Yeah. So anyway, it just, it just, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And, and of course, there's just been a flood of eulogies for her. It, 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 it seems never ending. So obviously she struck a chord with people and she touched a lot of people. And that, on the one hand, it's like, you know, it's weird to me because in her brokenness, she wore her heart out for everybody to see. And I think a lot of people like can relate to that and they appreciate having a voice in her, but it's like, yeah, that's sad. That, that's sad to me that, that, that so many people can actually identify with that experience and, and want to laud her for sort of speaking out against it. Cause it's like, okay, well, how did that happen? Like it, yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, um, yeah, I. Th- it seems like she. Hmm. How do I want to say this? She she's made so many public statements that are so outrageous, and has done a lot of retraction of statements. Like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I was just in a bad space at that time. You know. So I feel like, I feel like there there's a lot of other people that. You know, where even within that celebrity context, they listen, they respect that person more, they listen a little bit more, or they pay attention to what they're saying because they're not all over the place. She's like, she was, I think she was probably regarded as like such a controversial person and said so many controversial things that, um, like they tolerated her, but they weren't like, that like that's somebody that I want to follow into that place, you know. Like she was just she was so wounded and so and so broken, and 
you know, I want to go back to, because I, I feel like this ties in a lot to what we do and what you and I do in that, you know, I wonder how many, I, I've worked in some, you know, fairly gritty blue collar places like, and you could sort of, I, I would say probably inter, intermix those places with, you know, uh, like a, a rough and tumble blue collar place from Ireland or rough and tumble blue collar place from England. Like it's all the same. It's kind of like the picture painted is like a gray cloud that kind of hangs out all over all the time over a certain area, a certain town. And, and everybody's depressed. Like you just feel like there's a lot of depression and a lot of like, uh, yeah, just sadness and despair in people. And, I think the the missed opportunity a lot of times is that we like we can tend to keep so if we happen to be people that are really um faithful really into like you know good virtuous values and things like that and trying to trying to live those well we can tend to not share that like we can tend to hold that all in ourselves not put ourselves out there for like to mentor other people or to walk beside other people, you know, who, so if Sinead O'Connor was my neighbor, you know, I'd like to think that I would have her for over, over for dinner, but I'd, I'd feel like I have to really gear up because I'm like, this is going to be a sad evening. Like it's going to be filled with so much sadness. And, and I think like a lot of times people, you know, avoid that. They don't want to, they don't want to get into that messiness of other people's lives. And you and like it makes me it makes me wonder if she had somebody like that that was like a you know like a beacon of light in a world of darkness and misery would things have been different, you know? And that, like that's a missing component I think in our Catholic world is this real desire for good disciples to walk alongside other people because it's hard and it's messy and, and it's, um, yeah, it can be sad. Like you, it's emotionally exhausting hanging out and being, you know, providing hope and, and relationship to people that are, that are difficult people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I think it, it is easy to sort of sanitize things and, and stay in our little bubbles and uh, and be comfortable, and we get accused actually of doing that as and, we as we should be yeah. accused. Of and that. and I I I mean I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, of course, you know, we don't really know what what people might have come into her life sure. who might have actually provided that kind of uh, care for her, and she didn't respond to it. But 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 maybe not. I mean, maybe she just didn't. Uh, there wasn't that kind of a saintly bright light that. That that helped her to really ground her faith in the reality of God's love and mercy, and it got all mixed up with you know the the tragedy of her immediate experience. Um, and I and I think the point you're making shows that there there is a kind of a social and cultural context to the faith. You know, it gets kind of it gets bound up, and you know as you know as as we work, like you think about just. The realities of the merging of our parishes and the different cultures that are trying to come together, and and they're very different, and and uh, you know, um, within certain economic settings, there can well I, look. I think there's 
there's tragedy and difficulty, sure. whether you're upper class or, you know, uh, a wealthier yeah, family yeah. or whether you're from a blue collar, poor family. There's just different struggles, but there there are struggles. But the, the, the key is, is that the faith has to be something that really brings healing and wholeness to us in those settings, and it really has to be lived out. And as a community of faith, I, I think we're really called, like you're saying, to reach into and, and step into those places and, and be the love of Christ, to be the light uh, of Christ's love to people, um, because you just never know. That might be the only exposure and experience of the face of God that someone has. And I, I don't know why I do this thought exercise. You know, I, I, you know, I've done similar things when I think about the life of Adolf Hitler. Here, again, he was like kind of a philosopher, an artistic type, poetic, uh, kind of melancholic. And, and he, got, he got really mistreated as a child, and he got m- really mistreated in college. And, you know, it triggered something in him, and, you know, he ended up turning into a monster. And you think, my gosh, what, what would history have been if some really positively influential mentor uh, got a hold of him as a young man, saw his talent, saw his potential, mm. and really poured into him and really lifted him up? Like I, a super cool German youth minister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that's crazy, but we don't. I don't right. think we think yeah. about that. We just like, oh, you know, those those are evil people. Or you know, as a Catholic, like your like your dad, you say, oh, we're not going to watch that stuff because that person is a bad influence. Right. But I'm always so intrigued. It's like, what's the story behind that? How did that? You know, and same thing with whether it's Lady Gaga or Madonna. Like, yeah. why are you wearing like a a, a schoolgirl's uniform or wearing a rosary around your neck? Like, there, there's a fixation there, and it and it's all mixed up with it. It's not. We always say, "Oh, that's just blasphemy," and "Oh, that's you know." It's like no. I, what I see is like no. That's a really broken person who's yeah. really struggling inside and is hurting. And they're grasping for something, and they're, they happen to be artistic and talented, and so it comes out in this very sideways, shocking, and rebellious way. But there's something underneath all of that. And yeah. I, I think, you know, we just need to be more attentive and more, more sensitive to that, because I think from God's perspective, that's, it's sad. It's a tragedy that, that they had the opportunity to come to know him but they never came to. They never got to know him because perhaps uh, the Lord wasn't represented to those people as young people in yeah. the way that he should have been. Yeah, and it, and it calls us all to account and to responsibility. Like, how are we showing up in other people's lives? Um, yeah. You know? Well, when I was, uh, you know, I would put myself in that creative category um, in grade school, high school, college. Um, yeah, like my, there was such a strong pull in my heart to want to veer into that rebellious angst, right? And it came out in, um, stories that I wrote in, uh, in high school. And (laughs) oh my gosh, I remember, I wish I saved them because if I would, I'd probably be horrified at my own self. Like, you know, I, I would write an essay a fictional essay of like an 
and it was like a metaphor, but my teacher would be like a dog crossing the road and I would be like driving a car that runs over the dog, right? And then it describes the dog's like <laughs> horrible okay? death. And yeah, and I'm like, wow. I mean, there. I think it's, I, it's I don't know what- disturbed. <laughs> probably. Um, no, but I, so, so I guess what I'm saying is like there there's a i think it's inherent maybe in in a lot of creative people to like push the boundaries of like you know acceptability i guess so know, and propriety. yeah yeah exactly and the rules and the you know like pushing back on anything that quote unquote restricts freedom and things like that and and i you know like yeah a big wound for me i and that i've been digging into is like authority i i am i act like an orphan with authority like people in authority i immediately come into it super skeptical and you know cynical of 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 it and so but that's that's a whole other topic of conversation i'll have to come back to yeah, that yeah that'll be yeah another episode but anyway uh so for me it was, it was those few people I had, you know, of all the teachers I had and I, and, and I grew up or I went to school in one of these communities that was like depressed, all these, um, out of work, uh, coal miners and, and, you know, people like that. There was just a lot of anger and angst. And, was there drinking? Oh, of course there was. Yeah. And <laughs> but, uh, and so I, you know, in this school, there were only two teachers, two teachers that showed me any kind of like invested in me, like saw my potential, um, showed me that there was like that there was more than this angsty kind of thing that I was displaying, whether it was in my artwork or whether it was in my writing. And um, they they were instrumental in actually helping me, I think, to to see that, to see beyond that kind of inclination that I had and thank God for them. Like if they, if, if I didn't, if I didn't have those two teachers who did that for me, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where I'd be. Like, I mean, I come from a family that where we have a, and this is the communal aspect of like, you know, the, the faith, like that hold me accountable, that don't let me get too far, uh, beyond the fringes. But, well, I think, I mean, you know, you and I both know you, you, came from a really solid family, you know, kind of a salt-of-the-earth, bread-and-butter type of Catholic German family. And I, I think you can, we can all underestimate how critical that is, that that is what kind of keeps us, you know, inside the rails. And it also grounds us in a, in a really positive experience, Yeah, you know, even though it's not perfect, you know, there's, you know, we could, we can all go back and find things that didn't go the way they should have, but, but it is critical but anyway I, it, no yeah. it, no you're right you're right like and i would say uh you know my parents um you know i'm probably i was probably a kid who needed more of like an emotive response like an emotional response to um or an emotional experience of the faith you know and i i always i always kind of say my parents instilled great habits in me but there was a very emotional, like kind of an emotional distance from the faith. Like you did the things, you did the right things, and um, and you committed to it. So it was important enough to commit to it, whether I was out drinking, 
till 6 a.m., you know, um, Sunday morning and uh, going to church, you know, probably drunk, (laughs) you know, sometimes. But it was like they but at least it was like I knew that was important enough. So as I went on in in my life, I never missed mass like my. So that was like that was drilled very deeply into me. But, you know. It would have been better. It, it would have. I think it probably may have been more helpful, if um, if I knew God more personally when I was younger. Because I think I'm that kind of a person. I think that you know, like some well, I, people have. I think a, every person is that kind of a person. I think some people are totally. <laughs> well, but I, I guess what I mean, I'm saying is, some people are totally content yeah. to kind of have this just like, you know, routine. Wake up, do the things. And and not necessarily like have their heart, you know, their heart is not. I'm just one of those people that I want my heart to like to feel. I want it to be broken. I think there's a lot of people that don't want that, but I think I did, and I think that was probably part of my um, just the angst of my younger life, like going through, like testing to see, like I I wanted to do things where my heart felt. And some of those things were not good things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what your 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 general comments about just the more artistic, creative types, you know, I think in general, uh, people who grow up in an environment that's pretty restrictive or pretty rule bound, you know, and and that that's tough because life doesn't actually seem that way in real life even though it's kind of superimposed that way when you're growing up. And I mean, I would say, I mean, similarly, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself a creative type in terms of an artist, although I have some artistic sense. But, but for me, the, for me, the, there was a progressivism in my thinking as a young person. And, and I, and I, I was very hungry for justice and, and I wanted, you know, I wanted, uh, I wanted to see the, the wrongs of the world, made right. And and that's probably part of the reason why I'm sort of reading Sinead O'Connor's like life in that way is that I'm very sympathetic when people when people are kind of, you know, crapped on by life and especially by the people that should love them. See, it's hard for me if I shouldn't say it's hard for me to relate to that. I'm very fortunate. I had a wonderful family. My parents were in love with each other and loved us. So, but that has sensitized me actually a lot when I see people who don't have that, and I can't imagine. Like, to me, that's just terrible that people w- would grow up in situations um, that that would really break them. Um, and yet, uh, it, I'm always amazed, because some people are very resilient, and they they find their way through that, and they become amazing people, but other people don't. You know, they, they suffer these horrible tragedies, uh, you know, and they oftentimes, you know, they, they, their, li- their life doesn't end well. Uh, in one form or another, but um, you know what? I, I wanted to, I want to go back to your comment that keeps popping up in my head about <laughs> at the beginning when you said, you know, well, if she had had this really great upbringing, her her music probably would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand. By yeah. That. Right. Yeah. Right. Exp- I mean, elaborate on that. Why? Why? Why did you say that? I mean, I kind of chuckle because I think. There's probably some truth in that statement, but why would that well, be the case? I guess more, I you know, um, my the music that I the music I was drawn to um, 
at some point was, I think, driven by people who kind of struggled or who felt unfulfilled by, you know, by, by life in some kind of way or who were hurt or who were, you know, um, yeah, crapped upon by people like the underdogs, the people who are bullied. Like there's, there's more passion, I think, like more real passion and real feeling in in their music. Now they have to be a good like songwriter. I'm not saying everybody that that's uh <laughs> that struggles in life is a great musician. But the you know, when you get but a it does really seem like a lot of good musicians struggled in life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so I think it just evokes a, a stronger like yeah, it's hard it's hard I think for people to hmm it's harder for people to I guess sing about or write about the realization of how grateful they are for all the blessings in their life um, than they are about singing how difficult and how much the struggle has been in their life. So, you know, um, that that almost goes to everybody. Now, there's a, I'm in a different stage of my life now where I don't have that angst and, I've, you know, and I've been, I feel like the Lord is, uh, has been revealed to me in such a way that, like, you know, I have a lot of peace and I have a lot of um, just I, I kind of like life. I like the way my life is going, even with its its difficulties and struggles. And so the music that I'm drawn to, you know, I, I'm very picky about even the Christian music that I listen to because I, I still want to sense that that genuineness of what they're passionate about. Like there's a lot of Christian musicians that I listen listen to that I'm like. I just don't, you know, I feel like they're just going through the motions of of uh, saying the words they're supposed to say it's and singing about it. Vanilla. It's yeah, kind of yeah, vanilla. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is that, you know, people who, musicians who have suffered, there's a passion that comes through and an authenticity and a realness. It's kind of raw. Yeah. But I guess my question, uh, I, I kind of figured you were going to say that, but my question is, is that so, so... It, it seems like in order to have a very different experience of the faith and still be real, you, there's still got to be passion there. Yes. So if, if the passion of, of love isn't present, say, in the, in the Christian artist who's, or the artist growing up in a Christian environment, you can, you can actually be one or those, one or the other of those, but if you if that passion is lacking, even if you had a positive experience growing up, it's hard to be an effective artist. Yes, I would say yeah, for sure. And it seems like in our culture today, what pervades is is the raw, unfiltered, passionate struggle with all the things of life that suck. <laughs> and and it's pervasive. It's overwhelming. I mean, people want to sing the blues, so to speak, but in every genre of music. And uh, does that say something, you know, about our culture? Does it say something about... And it, does it also, the fact that there's kind of a dearth, although it's getting better, of artistic creativity among Catholics, that's not always been the case. I yeah. mean, in times past, there's been great art um, from, from Catholic, Catholics and Catholic culture. Um, but, you know, 
it, it, we seem to be in a dry spell. It's getting better. I think it's getting a better. A little bit. Yeah. But, but, but I think that what's lacking, you know, again, is, 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 uh, is that kind of passion. But yeah. It's a, it's, the passion has a different sort of object because it's, it should be a passionate love for, for God. Yes, for uh, for Christ and and the faith, and not a kind of zealous, crusading passion, right? Like the passion of a lover. Yes, deeply in love, and so in love that your heart literally pours forth. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, and truth. Yes, Uh, and that's and I don't like a lot of the people that are quote unquote really into their faith. That's not what's coming out of them. But what oftentimes comes out of them is, is a kind of self righteous indignation or a, a kind of a kind of different kind of rage, you know. Yeah. That uh, that I don't think is. Well, I think also you know. like a real black and white kind of mentality. Yeah. That that I um you know there there may have been a point in my life where I was like yeah okay I I saw things black and white more so. Um, now, like, there's definitely a sense of right and wrong, but a realization that there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors going in to people's perceptions of what's right and what's wrong, what's good and bad. And while I can sit there and say, like, yeah, objectively, that's probably good and objectively, that's probably bad. There's a lot of gray area that that people are coming into that, like trying to struggle with and wrestle with to to figure that out, and that's why I feel like a lot of contemporary, and I'm just talking contemporary Christian music, um, for whatever reason, there seems to be a lot of kind of like this non-denominational type Christian musicians who sing about that who like are crying out or like wailing you know like it's it's definitely something where i sense like wow that is really coming from a a place in their heart you know where they're struggling um you know aside from a handful of catholic musicians it seems like the intent of of a lot of catholic musicians is to make sure everybody knows that they're catholic like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm not going to sort of uh, do a creative or artistic play on the words of a psalm. I'm going to try to make a song where I'm imposing every single literal word in a path. And, and it ends up being like clunky and straight. You know, I mean, that's one example. But it's like, um, yeah, I just want to, I don't know. I just want to hear people's hearts. Like, um, I, 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 like, I like knowing where people's hearts are at. And, uh, and I like, I'm not a highly empathetic person. So whenever I can feel what somebody else is feeling, that's magical. Mm. (laughs) It's almost miraculous. So so that's the problem. (laughs) You're low on empathy. Yeah. 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 No. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the thing that I, as I, again, I, we probably should wrap up here, but as I, as, you know, I've been just paying attention to, what's going on in response to Sinead's death. And, and it just, you know, these kinds of things, it, there's, there's a lot of tragedy in her life, and, and yet she, she, she sang it in a hallowing way, and she projected her struggle into the world in shocking and rebellious ways. And I think, you know, for, for me, the question is, is, 
how how should I respond to that? You know, and on the one hand, my heart my heart goes out and breaks, um, but it also it quickens my desire to say, you know, we've how we contextualize the experience of faith um, really matters for super especially matters. the young. Yes, for everybody, but especially young people, because those impressions last a lifetime, and they can really become tragic very, very easily. And to really make sure that the young people really understand just the profound depths of God's love and His mercy, um, and to feel it, uh, to get to the latter part of what we've been talking about here, they they have mm-hmm. to feel it in their hearts. It can't yeah. just be a set of ideas or propositions that they're kind of made to uh, assent to, but you have to experience it in the depths. And I think particularly, too, I think with creative types, people who tend to push push the boundaries. Um, I've always been drawn, like younger people that have that spirit about them. I I like that. I appreciate it. I, I think sometimes I see parents are always trying to, you know, trying to mm-hmm. put a lid on it. And, and, um, and it's like, well, you know, like planted in the right soil... That that child is going to become something, yeah, you know, yeah. and they yeah. they could have a hugely positive impact because they're so precocious and so you know, uh, whatever, however you want to describe them. But uh, but you, you know, you try to put the lid on that, or you try to suppress that too much, and it could very easily end up becoming a, a kind of rebellion that comes out sideways, and and oh all that gosh, and all yeah. that influence yeah. can go. It can go the wrong way, and uh, you know I think that's you know for me that's just kind of like something I'm pondering, mm. you know, in the wake of her of her death. Wow, well that's a good ponder. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for uh, sharing some of that stuff about your childhood too. I you, actually that that isn't that side of things I hadn't really. Hmm. Heard much about. Well, if I dig those yeah. writings up, I'll, pushing, I'll push, show them push, to you. Push, you push might it. run away yeah. scared, but... Pushing the envelope. Scott <laughs> leaves. Yes. All right. All right, well, All right, man. call it a wrap. We'll see. Good chat. Yeah. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambula Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.